0: Welcome to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, certified financial planner, founder of Menninger and Associates Financial Planning. i like to be an educational uh, TV show, hopefully a little bit entertaining at the same time. Um, and we like to be uh, talking about topics on financial planning. Imagine that, the name of the show. Uh, I'm a firm believer and I try to propagate it to everybody within my firm that education and knowledge are powerful and we've received a tremendous amount of feedback uh, with regards to our shows that they like when we do the Q&A. Because the Q&A, the questions and answers, when we do it, we're talking about topics that are really common questions that people ask Or experience or their friends might ask or experience so we're continuing on with that and I also have two of my associates here I got Kyle Ryan to my immediate right also a certified financial planner and all the way to the right is Ryan Keefe and he's been with me for five years now just seems like 20 (laughs) (laughs) so uh, thanks for joining me again guys this is great uh, we're going to jump right in and get into these questions. Again, you look at the financial planning, you got the, the, the cash management, tax planning, the risk management, life insurance planning, you got investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning, and they're all seem to be very integrated. So when we're meeting with clients, a lot of times they ask us a question that may be associated with one particular topic, but little do they realize because everything is so integrated that it really impacts. Almost every other area. But aside from all that, what we're going to do is we're going to jump in and pick up and start answering some more questions. So, uh, what's our first question of the day? How can I help my child establish credit while they're still in school? Okay, relatively simple question. This one shouldn't take us an entire 20 minutes. But then again, it wouldn't be anything could take 20 minutes, right? Uh, you guys, you guys deal with this all the time. You, you have some good ideas.
1: Sure. Yeah, um, I would say it's really important not to undermine the the importance of understanding how your credit works, how your credit score is impacted by different decisions you make. So when specifically the question is when they're in school. So there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can get um, my longest lasting uh, line of credit is my student loan, right? right? So that's the first one you get. That immediately establishes credit is having loans in your child's name. Ah,
0: paying loans. Not just having loans.
1: Oh, having uh, well, to be, uh, having the loan, my the length of my credit, as long as it goes, is as soon as I got my loan, I had a credit, I had a credit history. Okay. Even though you're not paying it, it doesn't it doesn't help as much as when you're paying them. Right. But having a loan, having a credit card, having something in your name, you know, I've I've talked to people who open up a credit court card in their kid's name they just use it for gas groceries right. you know they just pay it off monthly and it's it's, Im- it's immediately helping. building. that's correct
0: yeah. that's correct yep. and so one of the things on, on that note is credit is very important because you know you figure you need credit in order to buy stuff whether you okay. like it or not rent you yeah. guys have to deal with that mm-hmm. when they're asking for your you know they they check your credit for when you want to rent Buying buy a home, buying a car. Although the dealerships, they just want to make sure that you're buying their car, but that's a separate issue. Um, but one of the things that I came across is no credit is just as bad as bad credit almost. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Go
1: credit ghosts.
0: So yeah. I actually had a client had to co sign a loan for their twenty-eight year old son for their mortgage. It's not because the 28-year-old son had bad credit. He had no credit, you know, because people are like, well, I'll just pay cash. I don't want to have a credit card, blah, blah, blah. blah. They have no credit, Mm -hmm. and so that's actually just as bad. And so he's like, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, I'll tell you there's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. The difference between having good credit and bad credit can make the difference of either being able to get what you want and not get what you want but paying more Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. Way more. Especially for the mortgage. If you take a look at a mortgage because it's stretched out over 30 years, the difference between 1%, he's like, ah, what's 1%? 1% tens of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan.
2: I had a personal experience. I was buying a car at the same time a friend of mine once. I had good credit. He had very little to bad credit. And... When I went to buy my car, 2% interest rate. His was 7. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a dramatic, it can be very dramatic. Not yeah.
0: always that big, but. Oh, it makes, that's, yeah. not, it can be that dramatic. And so, I like to use the anecdote of my son. When he was in college, um, what I did is I had him get a credit card, and then he subsequently got a second credit card. And, you know, I had committed the paying for his school, and his school wasn't that much money, so. What I also did during the course of it is I took out two separate Sally Mae loans. Now, trust me when I tell you, it burned me to be paying 7.5% interest on this Sally Mae loan, but it was only three grand. And I figured over the span, what I did is I expedited payment on each of the two loans, and in effect, it cost me on each loan about $150 in interest. Okay, you know, I hated paying 150 bucks, but at the end of the day, he ended up graduating college with a 786 credit score. You, know, you get a decent job with decent credit, guess what? You can- the world yours? That's yeah. right. Yeah, and, go ahead.
2: And, and one of the things that I, I've run into is a lot of people don't know even how to check their credit, let alone- uh, And you want to know your credit score before you're going to you know, see if you apply for a mortgage or qualify for a mortgage, uh, qualify for your rent. You want to know what that score is. and. There's tools out there, um, websites that can help you not only know what your credit is, but what wher- what your weak points are, mm-hmm. and what really affects your credit. What's a major impact to your credit score, like missing payments, mm-hmm. versus you know an average one, which is the lifespan of your credit. Which, if you're just starting, is always going to be short. Short. That's right. But you know you don't want to cancel cards that you've had for a long time, even if there's right. no balance on them. You want. There's there's a lot of nuances to Yeah,
0: that. I had that I had that issue happen to me where I had to cancel a card that I had for a long time, since nineteen eighty-four, and had to cancel it through divorce, but I was like bummed because there goes that really mm-hmm. long one. Mm-hmm. So the three credit agencies are TransUnion, Experian and Equifax. Equifax. But, you know, at the risk of saying company names that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say on the show or not, but I don't see why not. I personally use Credit Karma. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and I actually recommend Credit Karma, and the reason why is because it does track your credit through TransUnion and Equifax, and it reports it. But what I really like about that particular tool is it kind of t- it teaches you. Actually, that's where I, I learned it. I, I, that's where I learned it. Yeah. And you know, and from there, it taught me a couple things on top of it that I looked into, and it's remarkable. What a tool. Not to mention we strongly encourage people to uh, check their credit periodically because Testing. it's amazing One, what garbage could be on your credit score that you have no idea in fact especially if you have a child or a parent who has the same name yep. the junior senior type of yeah. arrangement and you know all of a sudden something of theirs may be on your credit score or quite honestly, you could have something on there that's incorrect. Yeah. Or, and I've heard people say, holy smokes, I have a $150 cable bill from three years ago that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And they take it off, and they, they basically pay the $150. they will either, you know, sometimes it's not worth fighting it. Yeah. But they pay the bill, poof, it goes off, their credit jumps 50, 60 points. Yep. It's amazing mm-hmm. what, you know, so... Uh, it's it's a great question that leads us into some of the other things. Alright, so what's our next question? For those who have better eyesight than me.
1: <laughs> I have a modest savings, but I want to be better prepared in case of a financial emergency. What are some ways I can accomplish this?
0: Okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways. You guys want to tackle that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, in general, you know, there's there's rule of thumbs as, uh, as to the amount that one should have in an emergency savings fund, you know. Depending on whether you're married or not, depending on whether you have other resources to go to for money. But generally they say to have three to six months of emergency funds. Now three what to six you,
0: months of expenses. Of expenses. Right.
1: Meaning and what are those expenses? It's the ones that you can't go without. The the right. payments you have to make. Rent, car payment, food. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you want to make sure you have three months of liquid cash that you're accessible to in case you lose a job, you get disabled, something happens and you need to pay for it. So generally having that, you know, but Like we've mentioned before, home equity line of credit is one of the many tools that you can have to, you know, your cash is earning you very little, so why not put it to use, use it on debts, and have a home equity line of credit act as your emergency reserve?
0: Correct. And if you, and it obviously only works if you have a home and you have enough equity in your home to be able to do it. But most banks will also give you a $10,000 personal
1: line of credit. Right, a personal
0: line of credit. Now, of course, it may not be the best terms, it might be 8%, 9%, 10%, but It's an emergency reserve and, and, you know, cannot stress enough the emergency reserves of being at least able to access And In in fact, you really always have a 30-day emergency reserve in the form of a credit card as long as you manage it properly. Yeah. Okay, if you have to put something on the credit card because you don't have the cash, that gives you 15 or 30 or 45 days to figure out how in the world am I going to pay this thing off.
2: Yep. if you don't own your home, so you can't get access to a home equity line of credit, um, and you don't have the cash sitting in your savings account, one of the other tools you have available to you is your uh, retirement plan. Um, Usually, 401Ks have loan provisions at your work. You should understand and know those provisions. Um, But usually, you can borrow up to 50% of the total balance of the account, the vested balance of the account. Up to 50,000. Up to 50,000. That has to be repaid over a certain term. Uh, and that comes out of your your paycheck. The nice thing about that is at least, you know, the interest that accrues on that loan, you're paying back to yourself. Correct. You're losing
0: the ability to have the investments grow, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not the best place to go, but it is a place to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are going to be times during people's lifetime that they're going to be in a pinch. The downside of losing your job and having your 401k loan is you're at the risk of let's say i have twenty thousand dollars remaining on my 401k loan mm-hmm. i'm at the risk of that money's due immediately mm-hmm. and obviously coming at a really crummy time right. if you just lost your job so they're ma- they're not going to make you come up with the 20 grand just take it from your existing assets well what will happen is that you get a, pre- you get a 1099 for 20 grand that you're going to pay taxes as if you took it out yep. and then you'll pay a penalty if you're under age 59 and a half it's not always necessarily and there's a lot of people who say it's a horrible way to go and i do agree mm-hmm. to a great extent but you know if you're in a pinch yeah,
2: if, if you need money you need money you know yeah.
0: how much can i get for my kids <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was probably inappropriate. But then again, you know, <laughs> it is <what> it is. <laughs> I'll sell you guys that. Yeah, <laughs> there, you there. Go, there you go. <laughs> All right, what's our next question? Oh, man, is that a loaded question. What is the most important component of my financial plan? Ah, okay. Setting it. Ah, <laughs> I like that. Good mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Doing one. It's I, probably
1: the most you can't have an important yeah. component without having one, yeah, right? yeah. I'll
0: give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, you know what? I, which really starts with goals. Of course. You know, having real, I say accurate, but tangible. understandable, yeah. tangible, tangible, that's a good word, tangible goals um, and willingness to follow it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so. In the prior episode, the question was, when should I start retirement planning? We really went off on that. But a lot of the most important component of the financial plan, if it is associated with retirement, is understanding your cost of living. And so we do enough financial plans for clients that it is absolutely remarkable what just $500 or $1,000 a month can mean in retirement and the success of being able to retire comfortably. So, somebody who says, Well, I need to live on $6,000 a month, the difference between $6,000 a month and $5,000 a month and $7,000 a month is unbelievable as far as the, the right. chances for success of that particular retirement plan.
2: And I know we're up against break, but two. Of Factors that I find have a profound impact on financial plans that a lot of people don't consider right off the bat One being inflation which they might start considering after this year, Yeah, right? Um, and the rates of return on your investment. That
0: is also correct.
2: Um, you know, those are two very important facets that are going to both grow your assets and Grow your expenses, right? That, that is need, correct. That need to be taken into consideration. That is and
0: correct and, and, and I'm glad you put that up because people don't take into account inflation and if they put all their money into savings accounts by definition a savings account is always going to lag inflation and you know that's the one thing about investments investments are considered to be an inflation hedge so So. um thanks for pointing that out so we're up against break so please stay tuned and we'll be back with you in just a few moments
2: Have you saved enough for
0: retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Meninger, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary, no obligation consultation.
1: A unique approach
2: to financial planning.
0: Welcome back to Financial Plan and Explain. I'm Mike Meninger, host, certified financial planner. Uh, Kyle, you answered or, or pointed up something during break. Uh, one of the, what's you know one of the most important concepts of a financial plan, and
1: yeah, it's I'd say it's really your commitment to it. I mean, we've all as advisors come across it. You know, there's an old adage where you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Um, and there's a lot of times where you know we can. You can tell someone what might be the most efficient way to get something done. But again, there's a lot of our job is psychological and behavioral-based. So you can tell someone that you know, you need to pay yourself first, or we, we recommend you pay yourself first, but you need to send in money quarterly for taxes. You need to do X, Y, and Z, and it just doesn't they don't do sit it. <laughs> right. So that's why education is so important, yeah, because yeah, if yeah. it doesn't sit right with them, they're not going to do it. And that's why your own commitment is the most important component to your financial plan.
0: Yeah, there's no. no doubt about it. No, that that's, that was a very important. You want to say something? Uh, I mean, the you know, the the
2: thing that I was just kind of thinking about with uh, in regards to that was, when it comes to your financial plan, uh, the one thing that you're really going to want to try to build into the plan is flexibility. Yes, that's, and that's what oh, we that's try to you do as financial planners brought that cause up. because the one thing we can't we can never guarantee or predict is that life is just. Yeah, the only thing you can't guarantee <laughs> about life is nothing's guaranteed. Exactly. Um, so you want to have the most flexibility Absolutely, that's, at your disposal. That's which
0: we try that's to create one. when mm-hmm. developing financial plans. And the other thing um, is a lot of times, again, to your point of it's emotional, people don't want to meet with or work with a financial planner because they fear that we're going to put them on a budget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big the big B word, budget, the reality of it is that we're not putting people on a budget. We're going off of what they said their cost of living is going to be. And that's why in one of the earlier questions, it was important to understand or or start working a few years on your financial plan before you retire Mm -hmm. because that helps you better understand what your cost of living is. I don't want to tell you your financial plan says you can live on 5000 you're on a budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to do is establish what your cost of living is. And if your financial plan doesn't allow for it, then it becomes a value judgment and a prioritization that every single one of our clients has to do. And, and I tell people, unless you have money spilling out of your pockets with more money than you'll ever need and i'm sorry mr and mrs client but i don't see a trail of bills between the door (laughs) and the conference room um the most important thing you can do or it's not so you got to understand the prioritization okay i can't tell you what to do your financial plan says that you can live on x number of dollars if you can't meet it then it's very simple, we all have this problem in life. We have $10 worth of goals and seven bucks in our pocket. Therefore, we need to make priorities. And the priorities may be, hey, you know what, if you still want to live on that 10 bucks, well then you might have to work three more years. Or it may be, guess what, I only have a seven bucks. What I'm gonna do is instead of going out to dinner two times a week, I'm gonna go one time a week. Instead of this i'm going to sacrifice and supplement mm-hmm. it or replace it with this but we all experience life is full of priorities priorities and you know making decisions because almost every decision you make impacts another one.
1: Oh, absolutely
0: yeah we're all sharing the same few bucks yep yep all right what's our next question What is the most important component? Oh, that That's was the last question.
1: All right. So. The next question is, I want to understand my cost of living better. What are some ways in which I can do so? Oh, okay. Which kind of
0: Which is dovetailing right where we were just talking about well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, you can do it the hard way?
1: You can do it the mic way or the easy way. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I will tell you, it, it, there are... A handful of ways that you can do it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, you guys are the young guys. You got the technology out there to do it, Mm -hmm. okay? We actually have a technology that we use for our financial planning, and that same technology enables the clients to be able to link their bank accounts, their credit cards, and everything to it, which will actually track all of their expenditures. Mm And from there, it enables them to even categorize it, Mm -hmm. okay? There are public ones, I've heard Mm Mint.com, that basically does the same thing as that particular software. There are alternative ways that, believe it or not, we use all the time. Not believe it or not, you guys know it (laughs) because you do it with me. Is we say to Mr. and Mrs. Client, I want you to take two defined periods of time. We're going to, let's say, look at January 1st of last year to December 31st of last year. And we're gonna look at your bank statements. Now, if your bank statements say that your savings account went from 10,000 to 15,000, you saved $5,000 last year. Then what we look at is we look at how much income you had and I'm not talking about well my gross income is hundred thousand dollars no 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 no. And, and you're saving money to your 401k and you're paying for medical you got all these taxes coming out and everything else but your paycheck is two thousand dollars every two weeks okay so if your paycheck is two thousand dollars every two weeks you can figure out from your bank accounts how much income you had so if during the course of the year you had eighty thousand dollars worth of income and your savings account went up by $5,000, your cost of living is $75,000. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you my experience is people, immediate knee-jerk reaction. You say, that's $6,000 a month. No way, I don't spend $6,000 a month. I think the proof is in the pudding. Where's yeah. it
1: going? <laughs> Where's where,
0: where it going? Is it, you know, and so there, that is a quick, and, and they get agitated by it. But you know, I'd say before you get agitated, let's think about this. Did you have any one-time events last year? Okay, oh, that's right. I had my daughter's wedding. We spent twenty thousand dollars. There you go. Hopefully, your daughter's not going to get married several more times. Okay, <laughs> that's a one-time expense. Okay, and so we could say, all right, instead of it being seventy-five thousand, it was really fifty-five thousand.
1: It's the interesting thing about one-time expenses, though. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I've, you know, we've talked about this because I've had this happen with my mother, mm-hmm. as well as multiple other clients. they said, like, oh, well, you know, this was a one-time expense. My porch needed to be
1: repaired. And then so next year I needed a new car, and next year the driver went, and then, I, the leader went, leader. And then right. I gotta get new carpets. And
0: Right, and, next, <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, all right, you know what? I understand that that was a $5,000 one-time event, but Mr. and Mrs. Client, every single year, you've had these one-time events for $5,000. It's okay. It's understandable. There's this thing called life every year. You're going to have a one-time event. We just got to assume we have $5,000 a year to your one-time events. You just plan for it.
2: And, and you know, some people have vacations every year that find their way in there. Uh, That's right. But the thing that I, I know you've spoken to is when people track their expenses, usually the second highest expense every month next to the mortgage, is miscellaneous right it's 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 all this other stuff that you just you don't know where it goes but somehow it adds up and it's
0: it's well i speak to that because of the fact that i did it the hard way okay this was before the days of all of these online things back in the 90s i actually created a spreadsheet
1: oh god and (laughs) the
0: spreadsheet um and i did it for a few years it was remarkable um i literally tracked every dollar that left every single day. I would either take my credit card at the end of the month, slap it on there, or look at my checking, slap it on there, and any cash that I use, I would record a receipt and columns for the the mortgage, the home equity line of credit, my car, my wife's car, gasoline, insurances, uh, utilities, grocery stores, dining out, Mm. and to your point, the single largest column behind the mortgage, other. <laughs> and that's discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could have been gifts for this. It could have been just all these little things. One of the things that I've found through my years of planning is I will ask clients to tell me what your cost of living is, and they'll create a detailed list. And, rule of thumb, they're usually. short Mm -hmm. of what their actual cost of living is, which means they almost have to increase it by 50%, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, there's like, there's no way. Oh, oh, I can live on $6,000 a month and jump for joy. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, they're living on a whole lot. And that is, again, going back to one of the earlier questions, is we want to make sure that people really understand this because uh, before they pull the trigger and retire, because... Oftentimes, once you retire, it's very difficult to unretire and get that same job back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means you're not going to be earning the same amount as you did before. So that's an important.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you know, it goes back to us saying knowledge is powerful. Knowing how much you spend and where you spend it can have a gr- huge impact on it, your financial exactly.
0: Plan. And it gives you the ability to understand what your cost of living is because if there's certain costs that can be eliminated. Well then, again, it goes back to the prioritization again. Your your values, What what's more important to you? Is it more important to you to be traveling? Okay, I'm not going to tell you not to travel, but if your cost of living allows you $75,000 a year, but your $20,000 traveling blows you out of the water, then you're either going to need to figure something out that you have to give up to do the traveling or pair back in your traveling. Yep. Again, it's not our job mm-hmm. To prioritize your expenses, it's our job to make you aware of it. And shoot the messenger, boy! I will tell you what, I got a lot of bullet holes in this body. <laughs> All right, what's our next question? Uh, we got to oh. wrap it up here. Oh, do we? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I guess what I just been yelled at. We got to wrap it up. Here. <laughs> um, so thank you very much again for uh, for following us through this episode. Uh, I hope through the discussion of some of the commonly asked questions. Uh, that you were able to learn something and until next time i i hope you join us for our next episode where we're going to be doing more questions and answers and thank you for joining and i hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of your week